2: Is Mac Jones a lost cause? No,
0: no. I, but, but I think we have to have realistic expectations now. And, like, the idea that this guy is going to evolve into a top-10 quarterback, we're so far away from that. Like, I, I think right now you got to, like, see what you have and can you win for the next year or two with him? You know, you to have to make the decision on that fifth-year option. So um, I, I don't think he's a lost cause, but I think we have to temper expectations for him. And to think that he's going to prove himself to be worthy of having been a first-round pick – seems like a far way off right now long way off
3: now oh gosh the ex- kj and lines w e e i 779 7937 text line thank you so much for spending your saturday with us it's albert breer on early edition yet again proposing these excuses for mac jones John Lyons, I'm going to let you have your say, and then I'm about to unload a couple of guns. Go. Well,
2: first of all, KJ, pleasure to be back with you. And the last time we talked a couple weeks ago, the Patriots went out and lost by 35 the next day to the Cowboys. And I thought, geez, can't get much worse than that. And then they lost by 34 to the Saints at home in a shutout the week after. So Look,
3: more days have passed since we've been on than the Patriots have scored in the last two weeks.
2: Yeah, and actually their offense has given up more points than they've <sighs> scored, too. So how about that? Look, I, I actually do, and I know you probably disagree here, KJ... I, I kind of lean towards what Breer is saying like I think Mac is salvageable to a point but it just I don't know if that's gonna be here I, if he keeps playing like this he's not going to have a job in New England and I do think when we look at what's wrong with the Patriots right now I don't have mac Jones number one on that list but I do have him number two like I have the offensive line number one There's number two, I have all right. I have jack yeah I have mac Jones number two so he's up there for sure but I do think like what we saw in 2021. You can get back to that. I just don't know if it'll happen in New England, and it definitely won't happen, at least I don't think, with what's around him right now.
3: For those of you who've listened to me on the station over the last couple of years through the raindrops, you've heard me say when you've heard the raindrop that when Mac Jones played against junk players in his rookie season in the preseason, I said, you know what, let Cam Newton be the starter to start the season. Let that engine run out, and after about six or seven games, Mac Jones would be able to see what not to do in an NFL game, and how to see bad decisions made in real time. Oh, we want Mac. We want Mac. We want Mac. Oh, there's this narrative. This guy's almost the rookie of the year, and it just took Jamar Chase one game to pass him by because we knew, or some of us knew, that the offensive running game and the defense was carrying Mac Jones. But he's a pro bowler as an alternative pick. Oh, you love the gritty he did. It was on a blown dead play. The narrative was already being set that this guy hadn't earned it, but it had been given this mantle uh, to set himself on to be something that he still had not proved that he was. Then last year happens. Oh, oh. Patricia and Judge, it was an easy layup to go after Patricia and Judge. These guys have never called a play or anything. In a few minutes, I'll tell you how. Patricia and Judge were more productive last year than they are now this year with Bill O'Brien. But Mac needed a new guy. Bill O'Brien would fix everything. Ah, KJ, you're crazy. They need a wide receiver one. KJ, hey, why are you not building the trenches? You can't get anything done if the defense gets through there. I don't care if Jerry Rice and and, Tr- and Tim Brown in their in their heights are standing out on the outside. Nothing's going to happen. Nobody needs a wide receiver. What? And so here we are tomorrow, getting ready to put that ass in the frying pan at four or five. Justin, put we're about to put him in the frying pan. Mac Jones been cooked. I've been saying this. For the longest. Look back at Alabama. People are like, oh, he won a national championship at Alabama. Reason why Jalen Hurts is so successful? Adversity. Reason why Tua is successful? Adversity. Reason why Mac Jones is failing? Adversity. Never faced it. Didn't go through it in college. Didn't even have to compete against Tua's little brother for the job at Alabama because he left to go to Maryland. And didn't really compete for the job here. You remember, John? Yep. And and look, I Cam Newton was taking all those first team snaps, and then suddenly now we think it might be something medical or what have you. We can't get into that, but I, I've never look. When have you seen Mac Jones play with the first team for more than three series in preseason since his rookie season? I, I don't think we've ever seen it.
2: Yeah, and look, I I think your point about the adversity is really. I agree 100%. I think it's really underplayed because look at the great quarterbacks in the league right now, and I know you mentioned a couple of them, but like Patrick Mahomes, there was questions in the draft. Would his his style from Texas Tech translate to the NFL? Josh Allen had a rough first couple of years. People wanted to bench him. Tua had a rough first couple of years. People wanted to bench him. Even Joe Burrow had to transfer schools in college because things weren't going well at Ohio State. Like All these guys have overcome some significant challenge in their football lives, and I don't think Mac Jones... Look, I, I think the Competition with Cam Newton was something that he did win and he did overcome. But as far as, so, uh, but at that so point, Cam now, Newton, but at that point, Cam he Newton not wasn't good a first
3: team snaps but, in the preseason games. But th- that he point, never took a pre, team never took a first team. Yeah, but snap he still in won the competition. I mean, how do you he was, win the competition? They, they released even play Cam the first Newton. Team. They but, Cam Newton, and he started my, the
2: year. You won the competition. But my point is that Cam Newton was washed at that point. Like he wasn't good in 2020. He wasn't really good in training camp in 2021. So like it wasn't like Mac came in and beat out. The former MVP, no, Cam Newton, that's still great. No, that's not great it at all. I'm like, saying he, after six
3: he, games, if you see the Patriots go three and three with Cam Newton, you can make the move. And at least Mac Jones has been able to see. Mac Jones has been able to watch with
2: Mac Jones is a starter. Like I, I think that my point is that he's never really had huge adversity. I'm agreeing with you. They made you. the playoffs In with the defense that were started. So that what that was like. He's never really had major adversity until last year with Patrician Judge. And I think independent of Patrician Judge, and I thought they. Did a bad job and they were put in a bad position by Belichick. I think the underplayed story there's Mac also didn't play well in his own right. Right. I mean Patricia could call the the best plays in the world or the worst plays in the world. It was still Mac who threw three interceptions in the second half against Baltimore in week three and cost him a game. Right. It was still Mac who played inconsistently down the stretch. So even with Patricia and Judge, who I put a lot of blame on for last year, independent of that, Mac didn't play well either. And now I think we're now on the other side, if you will, of that adversity, and Mac still is not playing well. Independent, like the offensive line right now, major problem. Receivers, major problem. Independent of that, Mac is still not playing well. Like when you throw across the field twice in three plays against Dallas and one of them is a pick six, that's not on, oh, I have a bad offensive line or I have bad receivers. Like that's two terrible decisions, one you got away with and the other one was a pick six.
3: KJ and Lions 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. I mean, is Mac Jones officially going to be golden crispy? Hit, 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 I feel like, front.
2: KJ, you've been, uh, forget about the frying pan. You've been crockpot cooking this take for a while, and uh, it seems like it's coming out pretty tasty. Now. Well, the,
3: the thing the, the yeah, thing, yeah. thing is, I didn't have been on it wa- for a while. I didn't want it because, like, there's this term we have in this industry called David Lee Rothing, which is if a legend leaves a show, you want to put David Lee Roth in there before you get to the next stars. So like you had Stern, Stern's gone, then you put David Lee Roth in there, and then Opie and Anthony take that show. So you 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 wanted Cam Newton to be the David Lee Roth in that situation. And that still could have occurred. And I think it would have allowed for Mac Jones to be more prosperous in his in his in his growth. Right. If he saw if he saw Cam Newton out there in live action games. Go 3-3 and and you can make that decision, say, look, it's a 500 team and we still believe that we can get this team to the playoffs. We're going to go to the rookie. You can say, hey, with maybe about seven or eight games, this guy would be able to pull it off and would know in front of him what mistakes look like. Who is he looking at for mistakes here but himself in the mirror? Look, last year after five games, the quarterback was sacked nine times and they only punted 18 times. This year, sacked 10 times and punted 30 times. So, this offensive line that's so horrible has given up one more sack after five games than they did last year. Last year, 69% completion rate. This year, 60%. 2022, nine for 10 in field goals. Yeah, field goals. This year, four of eight. It's better now? That's my point. When do the excuses stop rolling? That's what Breer just did. Well, we still got to determine. What do you have to determine? Cut that damn frio on and put it at 4.05 tomorrow. He's cooked! I I don't
2: think you're telling the whole story about the offensive line, though. Like, the sack numbers, fine. But Mac Jones is under pressure constantly, and they can't run the ball either. Last year, they could not... Run the ball at all this year, and last year Stevenson was a thousand yard back, and they were really good running the football. Like I think that is a massive difference so with the we, offensive. And again, is, look, I have Mac Jones second on my list of what's wrong right now. I just have the offensive line is number one because I think they've been worse.
3: John, everything about last season, the headline was Patricia and Judge are overseeing the offensive operations, and here I am pointing out that it is no worse than it was last year with the offensive line. With the sacks, they've punted almost twice as much this year? Like No, I think the offensive like, like, line here's is worse. What I was the, saying, the offensive line is what worse if, than last year. What if that Patricia and Judge are gone and you don't get any improvement from the quarterback? Could it possibly be? Wait a minute, the quarterback.
2: Yeah, and I think both things are true. Like I thought Patrician Judge did a bad job, but also Mac didn't play well last year, and now Mac Jones once again. Not playing well either. So I, I think that that's a huge piece of accountability and responsibility on Mac. Like, if you don't believe in what's being called or you don't believe in the guys around you, well, you still, independent of that, can perform your job well or at least to the best in, possible in the scenario, and he didn't last year, and he's not right now.
3: 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ and Lions, WEEI. Excuse me, my whole family has gone through a cold situation for like two weeks, I know John. I've seen you jump and flinch a couple times here. Don't worry, it's just Sudafed in my cup. And if I fall asleep on the air, well, it wouldn't be anything different than most people think of my presentation. Anyway,
2: I'll be I'll be ready to uh, to to back you up if you uh, you know look have, you
3: know you're absolutely right about the run game. The run games disappeared, and you would say, okay, well, Matt can't run and throw the ball. And granted, that goes on the offensive line. So something that the offensive line was doing last year isn't happening this year in terms of the run game. But when you're talking about third down conversions. Not that big of a difference. 21-55, or 381 percentage, 328 this year. Time of possession is about a five-minute difference. So as bad as the team was with their drives last year, they are even worse holding on to the ball. Now part of it is because of blowouts, right? Yeah. But
2: it, they're in also all, in a lot of third and longs because they can't yes. run the ball on first down or second down. So they're also facing third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, like a lot and I think that's a huge piece of it. Their red zone percentage, actually way better than last year. The problem is, KJ, and you know this well, watch them. They can't get there. They can't yeah. even get to the red zone. So far this year, they've had 63 total drives. 24 of them have ended between the 50 and the 20. Some people call it the gold zone. That's 24 out of 63, and only three made field goals in that range. So they are constantly stalling instead of even getting to the red zone.
3: Yeah, it's and it's funny because I mentioned they are four for eight in field goals. And that means they've even missed one inside of that range. Where right. last year, and even the year before, right, even in his rookie year, there was this feeling of like, okay, all they have to do, because they could move the ball from the from the, from the the 40, you know, call it from the 35 to the 20, and then they would seem to stall out around the 22, right? And then you just had all these field goals kicked by Nick Falk, right? Just field goal, field goal, field goal. Now you feel like you can't even get here. You can't even get, it feels like they can't even get here. And that's the issue. Let's go to John in the car. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. John, thanks for calling KJ Lions.
0: Yeah, I just think your take is um, I just think your take is off the wall. Um,
3: what is what, what is the take is about? Off. What what is what tell me what part of it is a take that isn't truthful? Why does, why does it have to you be a take when sense. it's the truth? No, it's not the
0: truth. You're 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 grabbing you're grabbing statistics that are, that that don't make sense. Here Which are, ones? Here are the facts.
3: Which statistic did I grab that was wrong? That the the line is giving up one more sack this year after five games than they did last year? That has to do with the narrative that the line is so bad and Patricia and Judge are the reason. I'm trying to tell you McCorkle Jones is the reason. That's why the team seems like a half asleep. Like they're not really spooky out there because the leader is seemingly dead.
0: Okay, I understand that that's your opinion, but let me, let, let me sh- um, put some poo-poo on that with some facts. According to, I'm pretty much into the numbers, like OPS in baseball and war, statistics that really weren't, really weren't relevant when I was younger. But, and I, I do really follow those now. According to Pro Football Focus, whose statistics I believe, the Patriots have the worst offensive line in the NHL. That's not an opinion; that is a statistical fact. According so, to let Pro me Football ask you
3: this: Focus, Okay, so what was their ranking of their line last year? Right? If if it was the, in the line was okay, so if it was in the middle of the pack last year and now it's worse this year, then how can they have similar results? <laughs> that, Man, kill well, your statistician. They, don't, have, they don't really
2: run. have similar results than last year overall, though. I mean, There's like last year, why. they weren't getting shut out either, and they weren't losing, you know, what <laughs> seventy three to seventy two to three in back to back two games. weeks. <laughs> yeah, like
3: it, it's it's worse now. Give me now. another. Give me another one of these good stats you got, John.
0: Okay, here's the other one. According to Pro Football Focus, the Patriots have the second worst pass catcher receiver rate in the NFL so basically Mac has no time to throw the ball to receivers that aren't getting open with Dan Owoski the ESPN it and and it okay ESPN John so let me ask you then. let
3: me ask let me ask you a question on that last stat Jacoby Myers is the lone person who was not here from that receiving core last year that's here this year. that's not here this year is that the difference J- Jacoby Myers is the I, difference I, all I could do is. Uh, no, uh, uh, Joe, is Jacoby I Myers the difference between why they were bad last year and worse this year?
2: I think that is a pretty sizable difference. I,
0: I think uh, I think that that's a, a, a big part of it, and I think that Belichick taking Juju over Jacoby Myers was just criminal. They've given this kid absolutely zero chance. To succeed, And the last thing I'll say before I go is that is, I'd like you to even refute this because I know you're going to be smarter than a guy who played pro football in um, Dan Owoski. So just because that sex that doesn't it's, mean it's, I can't do prawn?
3: What are you going to do? Kill me with okay. that. Continue.
0: So, what what Dan Owoski said is you could plug and play Joe Montana in this offense and there wouldn't be much of a difference. He said the reason why
3: is because... If Joe, Mon- Joe Montana wouldn't come here. That's my point. You could like now here's the thing. You can make the argument if you put Brock Purdy here, how would he do? Brock Purdy wouldn't see the field, right? The whole thing is you could put Mac Jones in San Francisco, and it doesn't necessarily mean they will be that good. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. That's like telling me that Johnny could beat up Steve and Steve could beat up beat up Bill, but Bill can't beat up Johnny. John, we gotta go. Yeah, look, you I, know what the stats are? I, I tell me your eyes, John. Tell yeah. me your eyes don't tell you when it gets to third and eight for the Patriots and you go, oh, my God. Yeah, well, but that's part of the point is,
2: like, they can't run the ball and they can't protect up front and they can't pass, uh, pass or run block, so they're in third and eight all the time. Like, that's a huge... Issue like I, the caller makes the point about the receivers too. Like Mac hasn't a good protection. excuse in the rare point points he does, no one's. But you call it excuses. Like I'm telling you, I who was agree, the leading Mac, receiver last Mac, year. Who's who's the leading receiver?
3: Who was the, the leading receiver? Mac has not for the played well.
2: Mac has not played well, but that doesn't mean that the other guys around him haven't been awful either. Like the offensive line has been terrible. Really, the Philly game, I thought they were pretty good. Since then, they've been terrible. Stevenson was the leading receiver for this team last year. And they aren't throwing to him either because either he can't get open or he has to stay in for protection, or Bill O'Brien isn't calling enough plays to get Stevenson the ball in space. But he's another guy. He has not played well either. He doesn't look like the same running back from a year ago, and it stinks when every time you get a handoff, your offensive line's getting pushed back in front of you. But, I mean, I don't think there's anyone on this offense, KJ, that is playing better than they did a year ago. I don't th- I can't think of anyone that's playing better than they did. Maybe Trent Brown for a few weeks prior to the Saints game. Other than that, though, I don't think I can think of anyone who's playing better than they did a year ago.
3: I'll tell you why I think they've progressively gotten worse. That's next here. KJ and Lions, WEI, good Saturday to you. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Join the conversation. Time to trend with Justin Turpin
1: now here's what's trending on weei
3: trending now on wei and
4: wei.com the patriots will look to get back on track tomorrow afternoon in las vegas against the raiders seven patriots have already been ruled out for tomorrow's contest including demario douglas juju smith-schuster and cole strange 10 more patriots are listed as questionable headlined by trent brown christian barmore kyle duggar jonathan jones mike Onwenu, and josh uche for the Raiders, starting cornerback Nate Hobbs has been rolled out with an ankle injury. Kickoff and that one is set for 4:05. Another quick Patriots note: According to the Athletics, Jeff Howe Malik Cunningham has been part of the Patriots game plan this week, and with the team banged up, they may use his services in a position other than quarterback. Bruins are back in action tonight, hosting the Nashville Predators over at the TD Garden. Jeremy Swayman will get the start net for the bees tonight, with the puck drop set for seven o'clock. According to MassLive's Brian Robb, the Boston Celtics have hired Jeff Van Gundy as a senior consultant on their coaching staff. The sixty-one-year-old spent the last sixteen years as a broadcaster with ESPN. Prior to broadcasting, Van Gundy spent a 11 years as a head coach in the NBA, including stints with the Knicks and the Rockets. Van Gundy helped the Knicks reach the NBA Finals in 1999. And the New England Revolution play their final road game of the regular season against the Nashville SC tonight. At 8.30, the Revs sit two points behind Columbus in the East from getting home field advantage for their first-round matchup. I'm Justin Turpin. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com.
1: Back to
3: KJ and Lions on W.E.E.I. Yeah. Yeah. KJ and Lions. WEEI 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Still to come. Would you rather more likely to either or in 20 minutes. Plus, of course, another episode of the Lions, Den. that's still to come. Uh, we're talking Patriots tomorrow, 405 against the Raiders. Let's go to Dan and Sandwich. Thanks so much for calling KJ and Line. You're on the air.
5: Hey, guys. How are you this afternoon? Excellent. I just tuned in a few minutes ago, so forgive me if I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I called on Thursday. My call got dropped because I was on my cell phone. But I just have a thought. I totally agree with what you've said in the last few minutes about the Patriots' offensive line that it's a huge problem. I don't know what you've said about Mac Jones, but I don't think Mac Jones is the problem at all because his first year, didn't he throw it about a 70% completion rate? And I think he was second highest in the NFL. So I think if you put a decent line in front of him, I think he could do a good job again. But the reason for my call is this, and I don't know if this is true. I have to ask you guys, and maybe you'll have to look it up. I was talking to my son the other day, And he said the Patriots are like 30th or 32nd in the league in spending, something like that, ridiculous. So, and he said they're so far behind, they're like 80 or 90 million dollars behind the 15th or 16th place team, something like that. My thought is draft the guy, a couple of linemen, get a couple of linemen off of uh, the. uh, uh, what do you call all the guys? Free agents when they come up this year. Don't we have a guy that left for free agency and is playing on the Philly line right now? Don't we have a guy that left and is playing Kansas, on Kansas City's line right now? Aren't those two of the better teams in the NFL? Once again, my thought is you give the guy a good line. I think Mac will be fine. I'd love to have Jacoby Myers here, but Juju wouldn't be that bad if somebody could block. Watching the the Chicago game the other day, uh, the young guy there from Chicago had three and a half seconds to throw the ball. Mac is being hit at one and a half seconds. You can't get rid of a ball. You, nobody, can, nobody can get open because they don't have time to run a route to get open. That's
3: my thought. Thanks for the call. John, your thoughts. Coach, yeah, Coach so, Lyons.
5: Yeah,
2: so for me, look, I, I, I've said, and I said this earlier, I've said this for a while, I do think the offensive line – is the number one issue. But I think Mac, independent of that, has not played well. I would disagree with the caller about the juice and the Schuster thing, and I was dead wrong about the that. The previous
3: call, okay. Yeah,
2: I was mm-hmm. a supporter of him over Jacoby Myers, and he just looks like he's not healthy anymore and he can't fit in, and Jacoby Myers, of course, looks pretty good. So I think that's an issue, too. And on the spending... They've been near the bottom of the league for quite a few years now in terms of overall cash spending. But still, they went out and committed a quarter of a billion dollars in free agency a couple years ago. It's not like they've never spent at all. The issue is since really call it 2017 they've been inconsistent drafting wise and they've made a couple bad or not a couple but several bad personnel decisions with those free agent dollars so to me i i don't think you have to be number 1 or number 5 or even number 8 in spending to to be a super bowl team but you can't be 30th you can't be 29th and you got to make better decisions with the and we're seeing that come home to roost like they drafted Cole Strange in the first round he's been Pretty good sometimes, but then he can't stay on the field, and that's been an issue. They drafted Taekwon Thornton in the second round instead of George Pickens. Pickens looks great in Pittsburgh, and Thornton can't get on the field because of injuries. Hopefully, yeah. he'll be back tomorrow. So, I think like the caller, like the the spending thing, like I do think that's a part of it. But I think the drafting thing is part. When you look at like the big picture of like why are we here right now, I, I do think those things are part of it as well. In addition to just how bad some guys are playing right now.
3: Yeah, I've never been a fan of saying, "Hey, this guy who was drafted after." that guy would be much better. They missed out on that guy, right? That's the one thing that I would say about Bill but, Belichick and Nikhil Harry is hey, Nikhil Harry's tape at Arizona State was absolutely amazing.
2: But I don't so, think you like, and sorry to cut you off, KJ, but like, I think no, if no. you look at George Pickens and Taekwondo Thornton, I think anybody watching that Georgia team a couple years ago would say George Pickens is a better receiver than Thornton. We we, we could see it, and they still took Thornton instead because they liked his speed better, and maybe there were some questions about Pickens' health, I guess, but you know, one guy is a good player and the other isn't. And That's that the
3: other, me, and, and I uh, think. That's something you have to take into account. Like, even if you're having a conversation, if the Patriots go and get a quarterback in this next draft, are you do you shy away from Michael Pinnock Jr. because he's coming off of an injury, even though he is shown to be great and a, a potential Heisman winner, does that shy you away? So I, I think when you're looking at a college player coming to the pros, the first thing I'm going to look at is injury before tape. Then I'm going to look at tape. So if you have no injury and great tape, I'm more likely to take you than if you have injury and great tape. Does that make sense to you, Dan? No, it
2: does make sense, yeah. but I, I think, like, when you look at Pickens and Thornton, and I know this is just one example, but... Because they hit harder I, in the NFL. I, I think Pickens was just a significantly better player than him, and I think it's you're better off going with the... Unless there's a major injury issue, but he was still playing in his last year at Georgia. It's not like he was sidelined. It's not like Jamison Williams, who tore his ACL in the national championship game and then was going to miss part of his rookie year, who still, by the way, went in the first round. We'll see how he does, but right. I, I just think, you know... They, there's deeper root causes just than, hey, Mac Jones is playing bad right now. Hey, the offensive line stinks. It's like you got to look, but why Why did we get here? And, I mean, you drafted Isaiah Wynn in the first round five years ago, and he was terrible last year, and he's not on the team anymore. Like, that's a huge problem, too. And that's just another one example. You drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round the year after, and he's barely in the NFL now. He's trying to hang on with the Chicago Bears. Like that, right. To me, that, that all – like, don't you think we'd feel a lot better – if the Patriots had Debo Samuel and a great tackle right now that they had drafted in those two yeah, years back-to-back. Yeah, but you're, back to back, you're, you're, like, not, you're not completing the whole example. dream, right? Because yeah. like you no, just had Debo not, Samuel yeah. suffering yeah, No, and with I'm not disagreeing. Else. Like I get yeah. it, but I think, like I don't think we'd be sitting here at one and four if we were worried about Debo Samuel getting his feet in bounds against the Eagles instead of Kayshawn
3: Booty. Yeah, but at the, at the same time, yeah. I think if you're like, hey, if Jimmy Garoppolo was here, you might be able to do some more things. So yeah. to the caller's question about spending, active spending, Cincinnati's one, call it at $205 million, and that includes the new money for Joe Burrow. The Patriots are 16th below the Bills, the Colts, the Bears, the Lions, Dolphins, Broncos, Seahawks, Cowboys, Falcons, Ravens, Giants, Commanders, Chiefs, Jags, and Bengals. So the, the Patriots spend above the league average. Saints below them, Jets below them, Titans below them. And if you want to look at who spends the least in the league, active money is Arizona, and they're just just below Green Bay. So that narrative that like, they're very last in active spending is incorrect.
2: I do think, though, that's a little skewed, the numbers you looked up, because they went so crazy in 2021. Like if you do look at some of the – like last but year, that, but there that was that a affects, lot of good – But that affects how you spend. No, no, and I'm not – but I think right. like you, they had one year where they went all out instead of – a few years where they brought in some significant pieces. Like there was a lot of, or not a lot, but there were several high-end offensive tackles available in free agency last year. And instead of spending on them, they went with Calvin Anderson and Riley Reef. Like I think so. Like I-, I agree that hey, what you did in twenty twenty one might affect you to a point going forward. But I think. They still have missed some opportunities like I to spend money on guys that would be a higher impact than what they brought in.
3: Well, the other side of that, their dead money is below the league average, right? So if you're talking about okay, money that you're still spending on probably a contract yep. that you moved on, they're below the league average in terms of dead money. So they're mid they're mid-level in the league in terms of active spending and below the league average in terms of dead money on the team. So you can make that conversation about is it the GM situation? Who makes the decisions? I've said that before. Bill Belichick is nowhere near a Hall of Fame GM. And, you know, sometimes when you're in charge, you don't want to bring someone else to be in charge as you're still the head coach. So that that's why that doesn't factor. I'll get into the Belichick aspect in a little bit. I, I do want to get back to the Mac Jones situation. So you remember a couple of weeks ago when Will Greer was acquired? I, I believe I said it, can said it, and I believe um, Adam Jones here on the station said it as well that the acquisition of Will Greer, Greer might have been more of a statement about Mac Jones than it was anything else. And the pervasive thought was, no, nah, that's because Bailey Zappi is so bad. Look where we are now. There are reports that, hey, if Mac stinks it up tomorrow, Will, Will Greer is in there, and we could be seeing the phasing out of Mac Jones potentially. So I always thought that, hey, when you're trying to address your backup situation and you never got a real veteran, like you never went and got like an Andy Dalton to say, okay, here's what I see that you're doing right, here's what you're doing wrong. Brian Hoyer, while it's a great, I think Hoyer will end up being a great coach, but I don't think he could ever go and explain what to do right in a game because he's lost so many games in the NFL. So you didn't get a guy in there who could say, I'm not going to be the guy, but I used to be one of the guys who can help this new guy get to that next level. That's where I do fault Belichick. If if you really wanted to grow that quarterback, You would have gotten him a backup that says, hey, when we put the backup in, no one's screaming that this is the future of the team, but the team also has a chance to still be engaged in the game. And it feels like the team is disengaged because of the play you're getting at the quarterback situation.
2: Yeah, and Jameis Winston would have been another good option, I think. I don't think so. Not even Jameis Winston, right? Because he
3: hasn't, like, an Andy Dalton or, uh, I mean, there's so few Yeah, but just another veteran,
2: like, because, like, right now, the position they're in, okay, let's say they pull Mac Jones against the Raiders. I would feel a lot better if it was like Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton going in than no, you know, Will, Greer, Will Greer or <laughs> Bailey Zappi. Like I, so I, I would. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing because, you know, if you remember at the end of training camp when they brought in Matt Corral – I thought that was a lot more about they had no faith in Bailey Zappi, and they were like, hey, if we have a young quarterback we're going to try to develop behind Mack, we'd rather it be Corral than Zappi. Corral obviously didn't work out. Will Greer's a little different. I mean, I know he's only played a couple games, but he's been in the league five years, so he's you know much more of a veteran than a guy like Zappi or a guy like He's a veteran clipboard holder. Right, so, I, but for <laughs> me, when, like him being there does raise my eyebrows a little bit in that will this be the guy they go to if Max struggles instead of Zappi because he is more experienced and Zappi was so bad for them in August.
3: Yeah, Honestly, you almost say, you know, why do you make a move to bring Jacoby Brissett back, right? Like even someone of that caliber who's been in there because, as I mentioned, your Andy Dalton types, it, it's it, they've, they've disappeared, right, because that next generation of quarterbacks that came in, your Sam Darnolds, your Baker Mayfields, uh, a lot of those guys never really panned out even someone like what was it Josh Rosen those guys that I were supposed used to, to be
2: like Josh Rosen right these guys I was talking
3: about that guy right these guys uh, e- e- even um Carson Wentz these guys didn't pan out so there's like this ghost town of quality backups like you know I, even if you brought in Joe Flacco you're like look we don't expect to play him at all but if you get him in there he's going to manage the game I,
2: and I you think we're just, seeing that, too. Another example, like, look at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers goes down, and they, right. they have to they have to go to Zach Wilson. I mean, imagine if you're the Jets, Super Bowl contending roster, and Aaron Rodgers goes down. Wouldn't they have loved to have had Andy Dalton instead of Zach Wilson go in? And that's just one example. But any of these guys, or if they could have lured Baker Mayfield for a year to be Rodgers' backup, like, right. instead, they're stuck with Zach Wilson. Like, I, I think you make an interesting point. It's a problem across the NFL. Like, we don't see a lot of good backup quarterbacks, and part of that might be that starters just cost so much money that you allocate minimum salaries to the second and third string. But, you know, it's tough. Like, I think Jameis Winston's a solid backup for the Saints behind Derek Carr. And I think maybe in the NFL there's a couple other good – there aren't a lot, though. Like, maybe Cooper Rush behind Dak Prescott is a solid backup. But it's tough for me to think of a situation where there's solid backup quarterbacks.
3: It's just a rarity now. You, you, You wrote an interesting article at New England Football Journal uh, about like what you could do to fix the Patriots' offense. So you, you've you been saying here for the first 40 minutes of the show what you could do to fix the Patriots' offense. I'll tell you what. Let's get in that conversation here in a couple of minutes. We'll take a break. We'll come back. KJ and Lions, we got your calls as well as your text. 617-779-7937, text line 37937, KJ and Lions, WEEI. Good Saturday to you.
1: Stein Law Studios, 1-800-VOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England sports original. This is KJ and Lions on WEEI. Yeah!
3: KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. I'm Rick James, bitch. Chappelle Show, is, would you say that, my Justin Turpin producer, would you say that is one of the best skits of Chappelle Show or, or the Rick James stories?
4: I would have to agree, yes. John. Oh, those would, are awesome.
3: Those are awesome. Rick, he has a, There's a real Rick James movie told by his daughter, and all I want to hear is, is, like, you got to do the Chappelle line. I, did. I went as Rick James one year for Halloween. I don't think the two of you could pull that off, but I was able to go as Rick James one Halloween, and it was like it won me the costume of the night.
2: I feel like Turp could pull off Rick James. Grow out some dreadlocks, turp. I could try. It could be you. Yeah, you and your couch. That's yeah. what I think of your couch, turpin. Those Are- dudes could ball. Like Charlie <laughs> Murphy saying that. That was so funny. <laughs> and they just show up cooking them on the basketball court. Like, oh. That really was like, that show in general was hilarious. Like the Wayne Brady
3: one. That right. was an, oh, all, yeah. an all-time. I'm but, Wayne Brady, son. Yeah. Oh, snap. It's Wayne Brady.
2: Oh, it's Wayne Brady. Yeah, that. Oh man! That off air,
3: I'll tell you a personal story about Ashley Larry and how, when I was doing mornings oh, at a, a, as a station here like 20 years ago at WILDAM, how I used to get him calling cards to do a character on the show. I'll tell you that stuff off the air. Three seven ninety three seven. Let's get to your text line, Justin. What do you got
4: from the two oh seven here? The absolute worst thing that can happen is the Patriots winning another game this year. We need the first <laughs> overall pick, and we need someone <laughs> other than
3: Bill to make that pick. Oh, you know, I think that that's. That's all fantasy land stuff. You know, players are out there and risking their lives. There's no tanking that goes on. Now, I think there might be some emotional feeling of thinking, like, damn, we got to put our helmet back on. We were just out there. Yeah, that might happen, but nobody's tanking out there.
2: Yeah, and us. I just think in football, that doesn't really work right you know because it's just so fiz- and there's so much roster turnover like basketball you can get one great player in the draft and all of a sudden you're a good team right it just doesn't quite work that way in football
3: you can't really fake it when someone's trying to break your neck when you yeah that doesn't yeah yeah that's it doesn't. Have another text justin
4: 617 here what quarterback succeeds in this situation i think i was in regard to the montana
3: conversation i there. think there's
2: probably four or five guys in the league right now that <laughs> would succeed <laughs>
3: I'll put it this way. Uh, right now, the only one we've seen in any semblance of any type of football since the preseason has been Malik Cunningham, just because he can run for his life. So, yeah, KJ, it's Malik Madness. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing yeah, that KJ. because yeah. people for believe taking my call. No, think no. P- yeah. Yeah, <laughs> people it's Malik think Madness. Well, because I, when Lions I did the parody right last along. year, I did that parody last year about Bailey Zappi's that dude. It wasn't so much that Bailey Zappi is the future of the team. It was to show that even someone of Bailey Zappi's quality could challenge Mac Jones as a QB1, and that is more of the issue than Zappi being better. So that's why I'm not even doing the Malik thing. Uh, One more text. This one from the
4: 401. We can see what Mac Jones does in this awful situation. He was thrown in a terrible spot.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, I mean so, I agree so terrible but, that you
3: went you, you went first round. That's terrible.
2: No, I agree that he's in a bad situation the last two years. But again, like I said in the first segment, independent of that, he's also not playing well. Like both things can be true. Like, hey, if you're in a bad situation and you still do a bad job, that's still on you for doing a bad job.
3: Think about it. He's been pulled out of three games in less than two seasons.
2: Think about Yeah, That Chicago not, one last year was right. bizarre too. He's been like, pulled out of
3: weird. three games
2: in two years. Here, here's a question too, right? So. We got to decide, and when I say we, the Patriots have to decide if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option after this year. But if you're Mac Jones, like, do you even want them to? Like, do you really want to be here if you're Mac Jones after the way things have gone the last year and a half? Like, I think that's a real question.
3: The only comparable situation that I can think of in Patriots history is that this is Jim Plunkett all over again. The only difference is is that you know Mac Jones was not the number one pick, but Jim Plunkett just could like, ironically, he would run for his life and would never throw. This guy will will throw for his life and will never run it, right? So maybe Mac Jones is that guy that goes somewhere, gets behind somebody, is able to, you know, like, because the way the Jim Plunkett story goes, he goes to San Francisco. They're a horrible team. They've got to beat up OJ. The team's in the pits. Then Flores, who I think was an assistant at the time, brings him over to the Raiders and they win a couple of Super Bowls. Not because of Jim Plunkett being this great arm, but because he had seen so much and it had been battered so bad that it can only get better. So it might be a situation for Mac Jones that it only gets better down the road while you're playing for a franchise that isn't used to seeing losing like this. All right, we'll get to more of your text next hour. Um, We're about three minutes away from would you rather more likely to either or. But before the break, I mentioned that John wrote an article at New England Football uh, Journal, correct? Yes, And give me a a few ways you think that the the offense can be fixed. Yeah, so,
2: so I wrote an article and I spent a few days really going through the Patriots games, their roster, their coaching staff, and I came up with some ways they can fix it. And the first one here... It's not necessarily something they can do this week because he's going to be out, but they need to play DeMario Douglas as much as possible. He's the only guy that can get separation. He finds holes in zones. He's the most dynamic guy they have right now in the passing game. So I know he's going to be out tomorrow against the Raiders, but going forward when he's back, they need to play him as much as possible. Feels like I know he had that fumble against Miami in Week 2, but whenever he touches the ball, it's a sizable gain, it feels like. So that's a guy they need to get him on the field as much as humanly possible as soon as he's healthy.
3: All right, what else you got?
2: And then Kendrick Bourne, right? I, I want to see him at X receiver. Right now their X receiver is Devontae Parker, and I know he missed week one with an injury, and since he's come back, honestly, KJ, I think this has flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. He's played really poorly, in my opinion, since returning, and maybe still dealing with a health issue, but you know, I look at that Mac Jones interception against the Dolphins. It was a yeah. bad decision and a bad throw by Mac, but Parker on that route was the worst part of the play. He got smoked at the line of scrimmage. He got pushed into the sidelines. Didn't fight for the ball when it went up. And that happened again against the Saints. It just went incomplete instead of being intercepted along the right sideline in the third quarter, I think it was. like So he he has been giving them nothing in the passing game. I think he's got, what, one good third down catch against the Jets on a third and 15. Yeah. Other than that, he caught one pass from Bailey Zappi against the Cowboys. Like That's all he's done. He's giving them nothing. And Kendrick Bourne's a guy... You know, you want your ex-receiver to be a big, tough, physical guy. Bourne's not as big as Parker, but he'll be physical. He'll be tough. I actually right now feel better about contested catches with Kendrick Bourne than I do Devontae Parker because he's given him nothing. So I I would not necessarily totally freeze out Parker, but I'd start giving Bourne a lot of run at at ex-receiver.
3: All right, play Douglas. Kendrick Bourne more on the outside. Give me another one before we go to would you rather more like to run more?
2: more play action concepts this year i mean mac jones when they've run play action he's 20 of 29 for 219 yards two touchdowns and one interception it's really been the best that he's looked is when they've run play action and they really didn't run much last year and they haven't run much this year they've run i think more this year than last year but still not enough i want to see them run more play action and i know hey you can't run the ball so it doesn't help but You can still run play action and get defenses to just respect the fake. Maybe not as much if you're not Mm. running the ball well, but you can still do it. And we've seen it, right? They haven't run the ball at all this year, and he's still been reasonably effective with play action. So I think if you have Demario Douglas on the field, obviously after tomorrow, Kendrick Bourne at X, and you're running more play action, those are three things they can do that will help them right away without anything major coming in from the outside.
3: Hey, hang out because John has the three biggest things to fix the offense. That's at 202. But right now it's time for Yeah. John, we give him too much just for a Saturday. Would you, 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 rather more like the two. Uh-huh. Either or I ask of you. Would you, 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 rather more like the two. Either or I ask of you. All right, three questions. Would You Rather, more likely to happen, an either-or. They can be in anything, sports, life. Here we go. Justin, you got him?
4: I got him. All right, we'll start with Would You Rather. The Patriots put together a package to trade a first-round pick with Minnesota for Kirk Cousins or suck it up and try and draft a quarterback high in the draft, potentially in the top five.
2: I'd rather draft one. I'm not a believer in Kirk Cousins. And if I'm making a trade with the Vikings, it's for Justin Jefferson.
3: I would think I would at least kick the tires on Kirk Cousins because here's my concern. You want to you'd want a number one receiver to come play with a quarterback. So the quarterback you get in the draft may not you're going to have to see what he does for a couple of years before you get him a number one. So I would say if you have Kirk Cousins here and you know what he he gets the ball to Justin Jefferson, he's gotten balls to his major receivers, he's going to get the ball to a major receiver. I think the Patriots are almost at a point where if you go get another rookie quarterback, three years potentially could turn into seven bad years. And that's nothing that the the, the organization look at. I think you still have to keep someone like a Kirk Cousins in mind, especially if you can get a lot of pieces in return outside of giving up that first-round pick to help build this squad. Next. All
4: right, let's go to more likely to happen. Peyton Pritchard's minutes per game has declined each year since he's been in the league. His rookie year was the highest at 19.2 minutes per game. Last year, it was just 13 per game. Last year, Malcolm Brogdon averaged 26. So what's more likely to happen? Pritchard averages 26 minutes a game for the Celtics, or he's traded midseason to
3: another team and becomes a starter. Oh, watch this. I think he gets traded mid-season to another team, and and where he'll be able to get more than those twenty-five minutes per game. I I think it's
2: I think it's the twenty-six minutes a game because they need someone to run their second unit. Like I think Drew Holiday and Derek White are going to start a lot of games or play a lot, but they still need another guard on that second unit. So he might pile up twenty-six minutes by playing the second quarter every night and then parts of the second half. It, and that's going to give him that twenty six minutes a night. But uh, I do see, that, like KJ, I'm kind of like he could play twenty six minutes a night, and they could still trade him for big man help. Well, I, I'll tell
3: you what. It, it, at about two thirty, I'll tell you exactly the scenario that I see that may play out regarding Peyton Pritchard, because everything is on the table now for the Celtics and why he's got the new deal that he got. All right, final one, Justin. Final one is an either-or.
4: Shiny Smiles veneers surveyed over a 1,000 Americans to find the most hated Halloween candy. Candy corn finished first, and yeah. hot tamales finished second. So, Ooh. would you were either eat a whole bowl of candy corn or a whole bowl of hot tamales? Whew.
2: I go candy corn because I don't know what hot tamales are, so... I'm actually a fan of candy, candy corn. corn, so... I don't are hate you, it you enough. Guys I, I could eat a bowl of it.
3: So. Oh. Yeah, you can't have too much, but it, it's not bad. Candy corn is disgusting. And here's what's even more disgusting about candy corn that people don't don't discuss. Candy corn is usually open inside of a bowl, right? Like, it's never... It seems to never be wrapped. It's just in a bowl, so it's not even, like, hermetically sealed when it's presented. <laughs> Can, look... I'd eat the bowl of hot tamales, I probably have a second ulcer. That is okay. That candy corn, I just freak out when I see it's just out in the open. Candy corn is the nastiest in the world. Yeah, there's a reason why candy corn finished first. Uh, Hot tamales aren't the worst in the world. And that is, would you rather more likely to either or here on the KJ and Lions show on WEEI. We talk more Patriots next plus Celtics. Thank you so much for hanging out. Good Saturday to you.